The only thing worse than a root canal is looking for a job on the internet. Hello everybody, this is Anthony Moore with Career Daily. I am here to put the human back in human resources. Let me be your competitive advantage on the job market. It is dog eat dog out there. Our research companies, new industries, I'll dig around, I'll figure out who some of the hiring leaders are, and I'll post all this information on our exclusive Facebook networking group. You'll also hear amazing interviews from professionals that I'm interviewing all across the country. Some are inspiring. Some are very informative. Some duds. I'll leave the duds out. Stay tuned for today's episode. I'm an optimistic person. I love to start every day with a very positive mental state of mind. But listen, I know it's tough right now. I mean, reading the newspaper, getting a handle on how many people are being laid off right now, this is getting ugly really fast. So I'm not going to sit here and just pretend everything is fine and put rosy glasses on because many, many thousands of people are being laid off. I think right now I've read 10 million people have been laid off in the first part of March. If we estimate there's 150 million workers in the United States, we are fast approaching 10% of our workforce. And I think this thing could go upwards of 20%. And that would just be devastating. There's a study in Berkeley right now on coping with the stress of layoffs and unemployment. When a person loses a job, they lose many important things, including work associations, structure for your days, financial security, and status. Even though the job loss is due to budget cuts and is not your fault, it's common to feel some loss of self-esteem and think that somehow you have failed, the study states. And so what I am proposing today is a list of things that you can do if you've been laid off to help begin to put yourself back in the workforce. We are in unprecedented times right now. I understand that, and I am not going to come in here with rosy glasses and just tell you everything is going to be fine. However, I am an optimistic person, and I do believe God has a plan for each and every one of us that we weren't put here to be unemployed and unproductive. So with that said, my heart does go out to everyone who has been negatively impacted, and I want to do all I can to help everyone find employment as fast as they possibly can. But to do that, there's a number of things that you have to do to prepare yourself to get back out on the open job market. And that's what today's list is all about. First thing you've got to do is get your head right. I've been laid off. I speak from experience. I had a great job at Cox Enterprises until I got laid off after about a year. I'm in Atlanta, so there's a networking group called C3G, and we'll talk more about that later, maybe on, on another episode, but what really stood out to me about this networking group was that everyone was really encouraged to speak openly and honestly to the people at their small groups, and with, within one of the groups I was sitting, you have to realize, you know, I'm, you know, being an executive recruiter, I think I know how to find a job, I go in there with this attitude that I kind of know what I'm doing. But behind this maybe facade that I had that I knew what to do, I was still very bitter. I was still really upset that I'd been laid off. I was carrying around some mental baggage. This was a mental atmosphere that I was not speaking, 
but it was emanating from my heart. So when I spoke to people about what I wanted to do, they could totally feel and get this vibe for me that something was wrong. And that was an incredibly valuable lesson. And I'm indebted to the people at C3G and the people at those tables who over several sessions really helped me see that. The very first thing you have to do when you've been laid off is to get your mind right. And I can't tell you how to do it. This is a a process of self-discovery for you because you have been put in the wilderness. And how each and every one of us find our way out of the wilderness is our own journey. But for me, yes, of course it was. It was prayer. It was meditation. It was also a time for me to start giving gratitude for everything that I had. So along with getting my head right, it also came with finding my priorities and making sure I was giving gratitude for the blessings that I had already received. As this baggage began to fall off of me and I began to feel a true sense of of passion and and self-worth, that leads me to the second thing that you have to do. And that is to understand you do have self-worth. Because naturally when you're laid off, you feel that your skills, your traits, everything about you was deemed unnecessary and not wanted, which means no self-worth. Now, you may be someone who's supremely confident and you have never doubted your self-worth. I don't think that's the, the truth for most people. I think most people will struggle with this. It's a very real feeling. It's very human. And if you struggle with seeing your self-worth, I encourage you to go to your closest friends, your family, your circle of maybe even, you know, ex-coworkers that you're, that you can, that you can still talk to. Let them help you discover your self-worth. It's very important. It's kind of that underpinning for number one of getting your head right. And that is seeing and understanding your self-worth because you do have a purpose and you do have value. Once you've taken these very important first two steps, the next area, you have to start writing down your accomplishments. It's very difficult to come up with accomplishments if you don't see what you're doing is valuable. All these things get woven and tied together. And if you don't see value in what you do, then when you're forced to write down your accomplishments, you're going to struggle with this. And that's exactly what needs to be on your resume and on your LinkedIn profile are your accomplishments. So there's people in my life that I know who are incredibly loyal, incredibly hardworking, smart. They do fan- they are amazing account managers. They do a great job of building relationships and keeping those clients happy. You, you know, they don't view that as anything special. But let me tell you, that is extremely special. I mean, I, I run a search group, so I have a team of recruiters, and I can look at the different recruiters and how they operate how they handle their candidates, how they handle their clients. The ones who are very successful do a great job building relationships. And it's always been like that in the executive search industry. If you have those core skills and traits and you're having a hard time uncovering other accomplishments, be proud that you actually have those because those are very, very valuable. Work from there to uncover SAM, saved 
achieved, made. This is kind of your framework for coming up with your accomplishments. What have you saved in terms of time, efficiency, better processes? What changes have you made to a process or to a structure or to a relationship? And of course, what has come out of it? What's been the result? What did you achieve? These are easier when, when you're in sales. I understand that. When you're in engineering, when you're in accounting, when you're in some of these other more technical fields, you're tied to a team. So sometimes it's difficult to separate yourself from the team. So it's okay to talk about what you and the team were responsible for doing, but own it. Own the fact that you played an important part of a team and the team had very organized, structured goals and you went from A to Z. Here are the steps you took and here are the benefits that came from that work. It's okay to be part of a team and to take on that responsibility and show that as a personal accomplishment. Because if you didn't do your part in the team, then the team would not function. The team could not have accomplished all of its goals. So to finish off this concept of accomplishments, I am not talking about tasks. Tasks are what everyone does along the way, but the accomplishments come from the extra effort or the ingenuity or the innovation. So, for example, I use accounting as an example a lot because I've, I've placed a lot of accountants over my years. And you'll have to excuse me. I've been battling some allergies, so I don't feel like my voice is quite there, but this is such an important topic. I really did not want to wait anymore on this. I could put 10 accountants in a room and ask every accountant who has managed month and close. And see, that's a task. All the accountants would raise their hand that they've done that. Now, if I said, who has reconciled bank statements, they would all raise their hand. Who has prepared journal entries? They would all raise their hand. So you see, by just focusing on the tasks, you're not separating yourselves. You're not differentiating yourself from the others. Because a bad accountant and a good accountant, even a great accountant, will perform the same task. It's just that the great one has better results. So if your resume is just filled with tasks, you've done nothing to separate yourself, and a smart recruiter or hiring leader can see right through this, and it's the resume is not going to really attract much attention, in my opinion. It's okay to list a few very, very important tasks. But for the most part, when I see an accountant, I have an understanding, I have an expectation of what they're doing. So all you have to say is one or two different tasks and then focus on all the good that you've created. Now that you've gone through and listed all of your accomplishments, I want you to focus on designing your ideal job. Now I know in this economy, in this market, you might be thinking, Tony, I just want to get back to work. I don't care. Okay, that's fine. You can be underemployed for a time, and I get that, and that's, you know, that's one of our strategies in this whole process. But for now, I do want you to design your ideal job, what it's going to look like, the type of job, the type of company, location, remote, flexibility, you name it. Write down all the key points that you want to find in your next job. 
the type of manager, the type of boss, the type of leadership, the type of structure. You need to do these things so when you do stumble upon and find a role, you at least have a, a checklist. You have a way of identifying and knowing, wow, have I really found something that I need to give serious consideration to? Because sometimes great jobs can be hidden. They can be in companies that maybe you didn't expect or industries that you didn't expect. Take the time to flush out fully what an ideal job looks like to you because you might discover it and you might discover you've gotten really close. You might have found seven of your 10 and that might just be good enough. I know it's difficult to do any networking right now and that's something that I'm aiming to fix. I want to I would love to create a huge online networking community at Career Daily on our at the Facebook page. I would love people to start posting jobs and and uh, freelance roles so everyone in there can find the work that they need. But in the meantime, you still have to prepare to do networking and to help people understand what that ideal job is. So therefore, the ne the next thing you have to do, number five, the next thing you have to do is prepare a target list for networking. So your target list will comprise companies, industries, locations. And when you do go and network with someone or you do talk to someone about what you want, you don't just say, I'm looking for a job in healthcare. I mean, that would be better than just saying, I'm looking for a job. You know, can you help? At least you've given them healthcare, which is an industry. But within healthcare, you'd want to break it down much more specifically for them or even more specifically into a function. So when you are networking, you give people something they can actually think about and you give them a goal. I'd like to meet anyone that you know, two or three people that can help me talk to someone in one of these companies or within one of these industries. It gives them something to focus on specifically for you so they can feel like they're accomplishing a task for you. If you don't create your target list for networking, it makes it a little bit more difficult for the person you're asking for help. Six, you're now ready to develop your resume and go back and look at the other podcast, listen to the other podcast that I've put out there on putting together a resume, but you need your resume with the theme. What you do is now you take your theme and you put that across the top of your networking page of companies. So people can read your networking one pager and see the companies and industries and they see your theme and they understand immediately, oh, this is what you do. This is what you're an expert in. And these are the companies and industries that you'd like to work for. Then you go to LinkedIn and you start giving and getting recommendations. Why is this important? Because when you are going to be considered for a new job, one of the first things a recruiter is going to do or the hiring leader will do is they will look for you on LinkedIn. And part of LinkedIn is that wonderful area at the bottom of your profile, which includes recommendations. So there's people that work in your field that you want them to endorse you and write a recommendation. Well, Tony, how do I get someone to even write me a recommendation? I don't really feel comfortable asking them. The first thing you can do is you can write them a recommendation. As soon as you finish writing the recommendation for them on LinkedIn, LinkedIn will send it to that person and LinkedIn will ask them, 
would you like to publish this recommendation that so-and-so just gave you? Would you like to have it highlighted on your LinkedIn page? And the person can say yes or no after they read it. And they're like, wow, that's great. And then the next question LinkedIn asks them is, would you like to give that person a recommendation as well? Sorry, guys, my voice is going out, but I'm going to keep pushing through. Hopefully it's not bothering you guys too much. So that's your strategy to getting more people to recommend you is by you recommending them. Number eight, and perhaps this should be number one. When we look at number one and number two on our list of getting our getting our head right, getting in the right headspace, understanding our self-worth, it's so important for us to give gratitude. I remember this hymn I used to hear in church. I haven't heard it in a long time, but I looked it up online and I found it. And it's called A Grateful Heart. And it goes like this. A grateful heart, a garden is, where there is always room for every lovely godlike grace to come to perfect bloom. A grateful heart, a fortress is, a staunch and rugged tower, where God's omnipotence revealed girds man with mighty power. And that's just such a, a beautiful message that this heart that is open to to giving and giving gratitude is that same heart that is ready to take in the new blessing. And unfortunately, that's the situation that we have found ourselves in when we're laid off. It's a step that cannot be ignored. And that's why it really should be number one on this list. And the final point, number nine, is it's okay to be underemployed. If you hold out for your absolute perfect ideal job, you might be missing, you might be missing an opportunity to get yourself back to work, get some structure back in your life, start meeting more people, start networking and start networking and getting some cash flow back into the family. Now, many of you, this is very obvious that it's okay to be underemployed, but do not, do not exclude the opportunity to go to work immediately, especially if you've gotten a severance. If you've gotten a severance and you're just going to hold out and wait for your ideal, I'd recommend it's okay to take a job where you're slightly underemployed because now you've got a severance and you're making some additional money and you can still continue your job search. So guys, that's it. That's what I have for today. I think we got, we can all agree. We all need to be helping each other. So please go to the Facebook page, join the Career Daily Podcast networking group, and let's all post any jobs that we're finding that are freelance jobs or these roles that maybe we would say are slightly underemployment. Let's get those published so everyone here can find something and, and get themselves back up on their feet as quickly as possible. Don't forget Head over to LinkedIn and follow me and then go to Facebook and join the exclusive Career Daily Facebook group 